Flawcast. Get in the arena. Alright everybody, welcome to another episode of Flawcast. You Man. flawed, I'm flawed, we're all flawed. That's correct. I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Jason. Here you go with the co-host thing. He said he wasn't going to do co- Oh, that's co-executive no, producer. Yes, you're still the executive producer. You know what? I'm going to let you be the executive producer of this episode, Bill. Okay. That way, we both have executively produced okay. two episodes, even though that means absolutely nothing. It doesn't. But I, it looks good on business card. There you go. Let's get business cards. I like it. <laughs> I will do. Yes. Hopefully by this time this airs, we will already have them. So uh, I want to thank everyone for listening to the last episode. Great feedback. Thank you. And if you uh, didn't listen to that last episode, what the heck are you doing at this episode? Right. Go back and listen to the last episode. Right. And then listen to it again and share it. Uh, yeah. We are on. And isn't there something like if you share a flawed cast episode with at least 20 people, that good fortune will come? Is that a thing? It is now. <laughs> Saint, Saint Jason just decreed it, so <laughs> <laughs> so it be said, so it be done. So it be written, so it be done. <laughs> uh, we are on just you know, follow us on social media: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Gab, and Parlor. Uh, two of the newer Gab and Parlor, two of the newer, more free speech, free thought allowed types um, social medias. Um, Flawed Inc. Uh, our email is flawedinkcle at gmail.com. Hit us up. We'd love to hear from you. And, and um, ink there is I-N-C. I-N-K. That's what I said. <laughs> See how flawed that was? That that perfectly exemplifies what we are doing. Boom. So, um, I guess, drop. I'm out. That's it. Okay. I, I guess I can handle the load. I am, I am executive producing this, <laughs> this episode myself. So. I love it. Um, so we, we, do, we did just discuss this episode in advance. We do need to let people know that. Uh, if you and I, and I say this with as much respect as I can muster at this point in my life, um, which may not be too much, but <laughs> if you get easily triggered, you may not want to hear this one. Uh, we, we, you know, the whole notion of what we were trying to do is is to really touch on some things that are currently happening, uh, some things throughout history that you know I, I, I'm a huge lover of history, and what I I know is if you don't know your history, you're gonna, you're doing to repeat it. And I see so many commonalities right now where we're at that have been repeated throughout history. And the best I personally can hope for is to bring light to some of these things and hopefully get people, make, I don't even want to think as lofty to change, but to, to provoke maybe conversation or at least to have someone have a second thought about well, and that's what this is about. So right. don't go getting offended. Keep an open mind. That's what we're asking. Listen to this. Sure. Keep an open mind. Know that we're not trying to put words in your mouth or say that you have to do or believe what we say right. or do or believe. But uh, we want to share our opinion. And please, you've got our email. Um, we're more than happy to hear yours as well. Yes, yes. So uh, we once again, we're going we're gonna to have some historical references. We're going we're gonna to talk about those kind of things. But uh, I, some Bible verses and stuff. But uh what we really want to discuss is something going on right now in in, in America. You see it in the world as much, but you know, since we live here, this is you know our backyard. Uh, is this idea of identity politics? Uh, the idea of you know uh, these isms, your ists, your uh, uh, you know these kind of notions that 
really divide and they don't unify. And I, I just want to be a person that I would love it. A high calling or a high purpose, I think, for me would be, for us, uh, would be able to bring people together. And I, there's so much division. It's so easy to get butthurt over things nowadays. And I, I get it. In, in certain degrees, I get it because, you know, people, I think, have lost the ability uh, to show restraint. And chivalry is sort of a, <laughs> in a, in a dying art form. But... We are going to be discussing a couple of famous, very famous speeches by two of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite presidents, another one of my favorite presidents, and one of my favorite uh, ministers, oddly enough. Uh, he was, we, a lot of people don't think of him this way, but he really was. And to me, one of the last, you know, I would say people that have understood the context of the gospel and try to not just talk about it, but actually put into action. Like the last episode, we talked about uh, being in that arena, being the men in the arena. And I, I think this person uh, spoke of that. So, uh, once again, this is our opinion. Hopefully, there's something that we can say that will you know, cause some unity, not division. But if, you know, if, if you go to a doctor and you're sick and the doctor doesn't point out that sickness, the doctor isn't really doing you any service because you're going to live with that sickness. We can't really heal as a people, as a nation, until we really begin to address these things. And I, I you know, I, I don't, I don't really know. Maybe this is my ignorance. I don't really know a lot of people are just flaming ignorantly evil divisive people i don't know that that's in human nature by and large so if we can just begin a conversation which is what our hopes are hopefully we can just bring this into light people will want to talk about this uh and so i'm gonna ask jason uh if you can read the first the, the first portion the first quote that we want to uh discuss uh then we'll move into the next part do, do we want to go right now that or do we want do we want to discuss the person for a minute. Uh, well, I think that we can, but I think the discussion of the person is going to come out through the, the course of this episode. Okay. Okay. Because I don't think you can talk about the person's message, either people's message. I agree. I agree. Without getting into the context, not only of what they said, but the historical, um, you know, the historical precedence of the times that these men uh, embodied and lived in. Okay. So let's do it. So, uh, so let's do it. So what, um, <clears throat> sorry, I'm going to get comfortable here for this. So, <laughs> now what I'm going to read you right here is... Just um, please put your shirt back on. Thank you. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> so, um, this was um, a speech given on November 19th, mm -hmm. 1863, yes. by Abraham Lincoln. And um, I think you might know what this speech was once I started reading it. I... I I certainly hope you do. Um, all right. So, four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth on this continent a new nation, conceived in liberty and dedicated to the propositions that all men are created equal. Now we are engaged in a great civil war, testing whether that nation or any nation so conceived and dedicated can long endure. We are met on a great battlefield of the war. We have come to dedicate a portion of that field as a final resting place for those who have given their lives that the nation might live. It is altogether fitting and proper that we should do this. But in a larger sense, we cannot dedicate. We cannot consecrate. We cannot hallow this ground. The brave men, living and dead, 
who struggled here have consecrated it far above our poor power to add or detract. The world will little note nor long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. It is for us the living, rather, to be dedicated here to the unfinished work which they who fought here have thus far so nobly advanced. It is rather for us to be here dedicated to the great task remaining before us, that from these honored dead we take increased devotion to that cause for which they gave the last full measure of devotion, that we here highly resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain, that this nation, under God, shall have a new birthplace or a new birth of freedom, and that government of the people, by the people, for the people, shall not perish from the earth. I got to tell you, dude. I, that's... Yeah. Yeah. And if you've never really read the Gettysburg Address, if you've never taken the time to read that or think about it, or, or haven't done it since you were a kid, it is one of the most powerful speeches if you're American on any level, it is pretty crazy. The who gave the full devotion of their faith. Ah. I mean, I, I like it. They get, it gets me. It, you know, it chokes me up. And so, keeping that in mind, what the next gentleman that uh, I want to read from, oddly enough, almost. Almost a hundred years later, uh, from the uh, how many score would that be? A hundred years. A hundred years would be five score. Five score. Five score a score is twenty years. For those of you who are wondering, <laughs> is twenty years. That is correct. And we looked that up. We verified it. It has we been googled. Googed. We googed. We googed it. We googed it. Uh, so, uh, Doctor Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. on uh, August twenty fifth. 1963, so almost a whole hundred years after Lincoln spoke these words, those words, uh, this is what he said. And I, I, it's from his I Have a Dream speech, and if you've not heard it, if you've not read it, it's a much longer speech than the Gettysburg Address, but it still carries the same poignancy and weight, weightiness to it. But the one particular portion that I want to uh, share um is, and I, I just, it says, I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will be not judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. We have to get back to that. Yeah, we do. I, I, I can't put that any simpler and move away from these identifying political stigmas that are not fostering that kind of an environment. It, it, it is antithetical as a race, as a nation. And when I say race, I mean the human race. The human race. It is counterproductive to what, as a human race, we should be doing. Now, it doesn't mean we're always going to, you know, there's always going to be wars. There's always going to be disagreements. But we're better than that. Americans are better than that. I know how that sounds in this heat of political context, you know, very uh, genistic and, uh, you know, like very, um, you know, yeah. manifest destiny kind of a thing. But the, the matter of fact is, is that America has, for the last, you know, 
almost 250 years has been the most successful experiment in government that has ever ever happened. Our for our founding fathers were for all their flaws, and there were many. Oh my gosh, they they were brilliant men guided by the the silent hand of providence, and they established a nation a society where every man has the ability, every woman has the ability to choose, make their own decisions, and lead the kind of life that they want to. No matter of color, no matter of race, no matter of sexual orientation, no matter um, what their uh, political uh, uh, their political affiliation is, no matter what their sexual orientation is, everybody has the opportunity to start at the same place. And and I read those words by both of those men, who I I'm great admirers of, and I think how. How have we missed the mark? Yeah. Um, let's just talk about Lincoln for a minute. And what led up to Lincoln not just giving that speech and writing that speech, because it wasn't a speechwriter who wrote that speech. Mm -hmm. That was Abraham Lincoln that wrote that speech. Right. Um, and again, if you listen to our first episode one and, and you know anything about or listen to anything about who we are as flawed cast, um, his failures and his learnings from those failures over his entire life yeah. is what helped him through that presidency, what helped this country through one of the most horrific times it's ever been in as far as the civil war goes um, and, and help us helped us come out um, on the side that we did um, it, it's all about learning from those past experiences and, and folks before I get into Lincoln real quick I just want to throw out um, you know all, all we do when we do when we have politics and we are going to election time is throw out the flaws of the opposition yeah <laughs> Well, I don't get upset by their flaws. Right. They made a mistake. They got in the arena, and they made a mistake. So pointing out their flaws is great. That's just going to have me research how did they sure. overcome that flaw. What, what did they do to overcome that flaw? Because that's who I want in office, by the way. Whatever office. I don't care if it's county trustee, township right. trustee. Right. I want someone in that office that has experience, that has made errors. If you made a decision, the right decision, a whole bunch of times, well, guess what? Good chance is you're due for a wrong decision. Sure. I'd rather you've made wrong decisions several times throughout your life, but been able to realize, learn from those wrong decisions, and you make good decisions based off of your experience. So let me let me share a little bit about the historical context of how that speech was actually given, because you know it, it was at the better of Gettysburg. And actually, oddly enough, Lincoln wasn't the headline speaker that day. Yeah. There was another, um, uh, and the funny thing is, is the gentleman's name has kind of slipped into obscurity because he was kind of a celebrity of the day and had this real long, eloquent speech. And, you know, Lincoln was the last speaker of the day and he didn't know what to write. He didn't know, you know, I mean, the weight of trying to unify a country that was so divided 
so passionately divided on both sides. Uh, it just, you know, it's a Herculean task and I couldn't even imagine, but, you know, he literally wrote this on like a scrap piece of paper, read it, it literally, I mean, it. you heard how quickly Jason read. That's how long he read it. And then the thing with that speech is it just resonated so deeply. There was one reporter as Lincoln was walking off the stage that was so touched by it. He was, Lincoln was going to throw his notes away and the guy asked for his notes. And that's how that transcript of that got published. And that's how you and I now, all these years later, are able to discuss this. And, you know, I, the whole notion of the, the Civil War, the whole notion of, you know, brother against brother, it's something that I, I, I really fear and wonder if we are entering into a similar time. And, you know, I, I mean, I can get into the history. I'm not, a, I'm not a partisan at all, you know, but I can get into the history of the abolitionist movement, which, you know, Lincoln and at that time the Republican Party really stood for. Um, you know, it's once again, it's knowing history. It's knowing what happened and knowing what, you know, took, took place. I'm not necessarily endorsing anyone or anything. I just know your history. And I just... What I'm wondering is, I you know, I see things being so t distorted. I see things being so twisted right now. And I don't necessarily know that on a day-to-day -day basis, when I listen to the political pundits on any side of the aisles, services, you know, the stations or podcasts or whatever you want to say, I, 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 I see divisiveness. I see, I see the glaring differences that divide rather... And I, what I found, there's way more, way more things that unify us than divide us if we can take the time to just be cordial, to be civil and say, oh, you think that? But I thought you're this, so I thought you, I've been told that you're... It's stereotyped. Right. So we do. Sure. Constantly stereotyped. You know... When we start talking to politics and um, elected officials, it just takes on a whole different meaning. Um, like you were saying, listening to these speeches and these debates, um, as far as I'm concerned, it's a freaking joke. Uh, they're simply saying things mm -hmm. to try to get people to like them. It's a popularity contest. It makes me sick. It's sick. It's totally pandering. It, it makes it, it's these politicians this day and age where we're at. And I'm saying that as a whole because I think it's well over 50% of the politicians out there are for themselves, okay? Let's just real quick, I just want to read something real quick. Um, the government of the people, by the people, yeah. for the people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what happened to that bill? Well, because that's our this, fault. This, yeah, I'm not saying it's not. No, no, that, that's, agree. that's a citizen report because, you know, he, he and that's one of the things that the, the framers so eloquently wrote. You know, uh, this is a, a government of the people, for the people, by the people. And and this is where, I, at least in some small part, I hope you and I can begin to exercise that of the people portion. Because if we can't begin to have these discussions that say, I don't like this overt, overtly divisive, politicizing 
and manipulation that's going on. If we do not hold these elected officials, if we do not hold even the pundits that are reporting these things, the, the news sources that are you know very blatantly obvious in, in where they stand, what their agenda they're pushing is, if we don't hold these uh, things to be accountable, then that's on us. Well, and, and that's where, Bill, we need to get in the arena. Exactly. Back to last episode, man, in the arena. This exactly. is why... I'm sitting here doing a podcast. This is me throwing my hat in the arena. This is me stepping up, getting in the arena, sick of sitting on the sidelines and watching and complaining about um, the lack of term limits in Congress and the Senate. What a joke. We're worried about a president who's going to be in office for anywhere from four to eight years. When we have Congress people who have been there their entire lives, who are professional politicians who become millionaires right. as politicians, sure. give me a break. Tell me how you become a millionaire being a politician and let some get into that. That's <laughs> that's a rhetorical question. Sure. But give me a break. I'm sick of professional politicians. Right. Everything they do is about them, how to advance their career, all of that. It has right. nothing to do with us, the sure. people. Right. It is not by the people anymore. Right. And, and, or I mean, for the people. Right. And, you know, you talk about term limits, that's a great thing, but the, the reality of it is that, you know, there's people in, in the in the House and the Senate that, it, that they have been in those positions longer than you and I have been alive. That's what I mean. It's absolutely right. ridiculous. You know. It's absolutely ridiculous. Well, and, and the only way you stay there, to ha- and the amount of power that you have mm-hmm. by, by being a politician that long, the amount of, it, it's just... Well, there's just no pop. It just it's just not right. There I'm was, sorry. No, it's it, it's like that old. There was an Eddie Murphy movie that came out in the early '90s called The Distinguished Gentleman. Yeah, there's. I don't know that that's not one of his more popular movies. But I it, remember that's hilarious. Yeah, it's hilarious, but it's also really sad because it's a really accurate, you know, portrayal of the the political cycle. And it's so funny because when I was in college, like I, you know, taking history courses, taking courses about politics. You know, the, the reality of it is the only thing that the you know the uh, the, the only thing that the, the you know Congress and Senate ever gets done is they rename they rename post office, uh, you know, and, and it's it's real easy to blame the president. But the problem is, is that you know we do have a three tier governmental system. Yes, we do. And you can't. It's you know it's easy to blame. You know, right now that you know Trump's in office, it's easy to blame him. You know, it's easy to blame Obama. It's easy to do this and see that. The, the, the reality of it is, is that you know our our government fails because the citizenry is not informed enough. It is not active enough to hold people to account. And and you know, it's like George. We've Orwell, given up too much power now. Oh, absolutely. It's like George Orwell wrote in 1984. You know, uh, there will come a point where people are distracted by beer and football and, you know, this and that. And, and slowly, you know, we, we've handed our freedoms over. It's not a matter of they've taken it because, you know, what's the old saying? You know, you, people, people will give their, secu- or their freedom away for an ounce of security. And, I, you know, the whole, you know, the whole notion of being able to protect oneself, to be able to provide for oneself is a real lost notion. And I, I think, you know, I, I want to kind of re- redirect this because I don't want to, uh, the, my heart in doing this is really to bring unity. Right. And uh, so I, there's a couple things like I want to uh, bring out, I want to discuss. And, you know, once again, like trying to, you know, the other, the other really famous historical figure I want to discuss is, is, you know, Jesus, obviously, in this, because, you know, him being a cradle of so much of what I hold sacred, I know, like with you, so much you hold sacred, mm-hmm. um, and even, you know, the cornerstone 
if you, you know, no pun intended, if you understand where that comes from, but the, the cornerstone of where, you know, a large portion of the foundation of our, our country is so based on many of these teachings. But he had a really interesting thing to say. Uh, you know, it, this is from Matthew 25. It's, uh, Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, every kingdom that's divided against itself will be in ruined. And every city or every household divided against itself will not stand. So, so where we're, what we're doing right now is what we're talking about right now is that there is so much division. And it's over these really minute, trivial things that really don't have a whole hill of beans to do with anything. But the fact that we are so divided against itself, it, 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 you know, it allows us to be open for you know, any kind of thing. You know, Rome, one of the most talked about, celebrated, studied civilizations throughout history, was not conquered from a foreign army. Or, they never are. No. It, they kill themselves from the inside out. And 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 the, the other thing to, you know, to keep in mind, and I'm just going to say this one other thing, and then I do want to continue the discussion because I think it's a real good one. You know, I do want to talk about in, in regards to the, the idea of unity, right? So let, let's even go back to the gospel because I know, like, there's this notion that, you know, um, there's this notion that this particular belief or this particular set or this particular... Um, value system is designated to this type of person, to this group of people. I don't think that's the same at all. I, I don't. I don't. I think it is if you make it a thing, right? So the only and, and, this, and this is the thing. I'm just going to bring this out real quick. I'm not really going to get into it like I wanted to for time's sake. But you know, there's three different portions. You know, the only time Jesus talked about the vision was with things, right? They were analogies for people, but you know, we we hear in. Um, so in Matthew 25, he talks about uh, separating the sheep from the goats. Okay. okay? In, uh, in Matthew 3, you know, he talks about separating the wheat from the shaft. And once again, in Matthew 13, you know, he talks about separating the good fish from the bad fish. Right? Any kind of, anytime there's separation that's referred to in that context, it's about things that are proper and think things that are useful things that are righteous versus things that are improper things that are unrighteous things that are not useful right wheat and shaft literally you got wheat which is a, a substance of nutrition it is something that sustains people and shaft is uh back then what they mean is just weeds right right you know um and the so my goal in bringing all that up is isn't so much to proselytize the faith. It's it's to try to get an understanding and, and and a bedrock of why do we insist on focusing on division or what what easily divides us instead of the things that brings us together that have way more weight, way more power, way more significance. You know, it's so it's easy to call someone a an ist because they just have a different point of view. Right. You know, they may not actually, you know, the, I, you know, the throw, the notion of calling somebody Hitler is such a, it's such a horrendous thing because if you really understood the analogy, I, I, I don't think you would do that. No. You know, to, to say, even like to say that there's concentration camps, anyone that's going to say that there's concentration camps in America, I'm sorry, shame on you. You, that is such an ignorant statement. And I think that's the right term. Um, it's completely ignorant. And there's only there's only two reasons you would use either of those termino- use that terminology. Mm-hmm. Either of those. One is because you're just plain ignorant. You do not know 
history at all. Right. I mean, at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other is because you are trying to put a spotlight on yourself. You are trying to... Or an ideology. Yeah. I mean, it's just... It's absolutely ridiculous. And I am sick of hearing people... When you don't like someone, that doesn't mean you get to call them names and... I mean, you can do whatever you want, obviously. It's sure. It's the United States, but... I mean that that's how you're gonna that's how you're gonna that's how you're gonna play that situation. Right. When I say that situation, I'm not even talking about specifically right. what we're talking about. I'm Just talking generally, generally speaking. Right. Generally speaking, when someone says something you don't agree with, you're gonna have what I consider a, a temper tantrum, and you're gonna call them names and say what a bad person they are, and only take into account the the area that you don't like about them. Uh, again, why we're flawed cast. Um, we all have flaws. There are things that people don't like about me. That's okay. Sure. There are things that I'm not great at and I'll never be good at. And that's okay. Um, but I would I would hate that someone disagrees with a statement that I make and that makes me an asshole. Right. Well, <laughs> right? Yeah, well no, well, it's like, like Taylor Swift said, you know, I have a long list of ex-lovers that I'll tell you I'm insane. I got a blank space, baby. I'll, I'll write your name. So, you know, the the, the list of detractors is, is long and possibly distinguished, but that that isn't what defines me. That The fact that, you know, and, and we hear this a lot, like America has done this in its past or America used to believe in this or blah, blah, blah. You can't hold people that lived outside of the context of the time we currently are accountable for the social norms and the social morales that we have now. That's not that's not fair. That's not compatible. And if you oh, do, and, and if you do that, and once again, the, the highlight on the, the statement of ignorance, not really understanding, you are negating the incredible greatness that we've been able to achieve you are incredible you are negating the incredible distance that we have come as a society as a people and uh and not only in our in our own backyard but what we've been able to help uh, throughout the world and uh, in in less than 250 years yeah right if my math is right yeah i mean let's just take sure a, let's just yeah, <laughs> let's just um let's just take statues down right does that make sense? Well, once again, it's like... That, what, that, that'll fix everything. Sure. It's like what we talked about the last episode with, you know, being in the arena. Like, you know, it's easy to throw shade at people who don't try, right? And, and But we what we spoke more importantly is like our, our failures. Like, you know, having a statue of somebody or a monument of somebody that maybe, you know, did something in history that we look at now as horrendous... Or had an opinion about something. Sure, I, I you know, I, and I get, I get. This is a very fine, a fine line we're treading here. I, I'm just wondering is if instead of erasing our history, we should learn from it, right? So you know, so we're talking about tearing down soldier, or I'm sorry, ter- uh, tearing down uh, uh, statues or uh, any, any kind of anything that celebrates our past, or not celebrates, but memorializes it, because you can memorialize something for a positive and a negative thing. Sure. Right, and and that and that negative thing should ultimately become the positive thing because you do not want the sin of repeating the sins of or the mistakes of our fathers, right? Uh, you know, wisdom 
or uh, the difference between wisdom is learning from your own mistakes, but genius is learning from other people's mistakes, right? So if we can learn from the you know mistakes of the past generations and continue to grow and evolve and be an open society and be a loving society, uh, which America is, Americans are the most gracious, forgiving, loving culture that has ever existed. Yeah, and, and we and we and, and I'm sorry, and that gets turned around and manipulated on us i agree you know we, we are, you know our default position of that we are bad because we are americans or we are of this i don't know this particular subdivision of or uh you know a community of a culture or a subculture or this or that instead of saying i see value in you even though you and i do not look alike even though we do not worship at the same altar even though we do not uh, you know live in the same neighborhood we do not like this you know same kind of music whatever that is there's still value in your opinion even if it is different than mine and i'm not going to destroy you i'm not going to bring you down we may argue we may have a difference of opinion but that's okay that's a remarkable thing about living in the country that we live in because we are not subjugated to um the the communistical the fascist kind of dictatorship and ruling that we see in so many other corners of the world well i mean green i think that's why it's important like getting back to what we were talking about just a few minutes ago that um i don't agree personally with tearing down of statues and things of that nature those are opportunities for us to grow those are experiences for us to look back on could you imagine if i just said you know what i know a lot more now than i knew then so I'm just going to erase the last 30 years of my life and only live the last 12 of my life. I I'm, I'm I want to erase the rest. I'm mm-hmm. starting over again. Yeah. That that's not how it works. I can't get to where I'm at right. without going through what I went through. Sure. I can't. None of us can. You have to. Yes, you can get lucky every once in a while. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that we don't do things right, but. The real learning comes from the errors and the mistakes. How many right. how many times yeah. did Edison fail on a light bulb? Oh well, his famous quote was, "You know, I've you know I've learned a thousand ways to not make, how to not make a light bulb." That's right, right. And you embrace that, right? We have made mistakes. Sure, I don't want those mistakes to be forgotten, right? By future generations, because. We want to act like we didn't make them. Right. We did make them. And because we made them, we're better as people. And I'm not just talking about as a nation. I'm talking about as a world, sure. if we want to even get to another level. And it's just so important. And I'm, we can't erase things. Um, well, it's just, it's yeah. just very frustrating and, and, to me. You know, so you're, there's so many... You know, when I, when I hear the term Nazi, when I hear the you know the I, the notion that there's concentration camps in America my my what my mind goes to isn't not isn't necessarily the that person that's saying those comments it's going to the those six million uh, people that were decimated in concentration actual real concentration camps when you see the historical pictures that the Nazis had freight trains full of dead bodies, dead Jewish people bodies, but that were massacred because of a madman. You know, and, and it goes and it goes past Hitler. You know, there there's all and virtually tortured starters. Sure. I mean I mean horrendous. being the 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 method of to, destruction that, that was employed against those people is inhumane. To utilize terminology sure. 
to to say things that tie someone to that time mm-hmm. to those just disgusting sure. horrific um, events is it is you know what it's reckless sure well you know and even so, so if we're if we're talking let's bring it more more home to to America's because you know if, if we're talking about you know we can talk about the Stalins we can talk about the Mussolinis we can talk about the Masitans you know I mean you're, you're you're talking about these evil fascist people that literally you know I, I mean Masitans killed over a hundred million of his people in China right and that's never never considered but you know it was so we're we're talking about you know racism in America okay the the big R. And I and I'm just thinking about that speech that Martin, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. gave, and that if you understand the context, the fact that that man grew up in Jim Crow, that he was sur- he he lived in the South where you know they were lynchings, that you know, and I'm sorry, I, I'm really sorry to bring this up, but this is important for people to know their history, the the militant arm of the Democratic Party and the Reconstruction era, which is post Civil War, was the Ku Klux Klan. It's a modern-day equivalent to Antifa, and I know I'm pushing some buttons right now, but this is where it comes to understanding our history, and this is part of, so we don't repeat these mistakes. So we don't, you know, we don't revisit the sins of our fathers. This, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. was a man that, you know, had seen the firsthand, like, the, the absolute violence, the, the savagery, the barbarism that was, uh, you know, that was carried out against his community. And for him to say, I have a dream that one day my children will live in a nation that will judge the content of a person's heart, not the color of their skin, says, I am choosing to look past these horrific things that happen and say there is a better way. I I am not going to hold a group of people responsible for the acts of some individuals. And I just wonder, like, you know, I, Lincoln and, and both King gave those very, very poignant speeches within 100 or five score within themselves and within, within each other. And I'm just wondering, like, really right now, what, what would those two men, those two abolitionists, those two freedom fighters, those, those two people that, you know, who, who had the hand of providence on their life and that were fully charged and fully gave the last devotion of their faith to making the world better, to changing the world. And, 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 what, and what did we do for them? We shot them both. Well, and, and I think and, a lot of it goes to good and evil, Bill. Sure. We well, it, it does. And, and, right, and we can even, you can even look at, you know, we're talking about, you know, uh, the gospel, you can even look at Christ. I mean, how many good men have been, or women, have, you know, taken a, a stand for righteousness against the sight of evil? And, and it could be anything. And I, I, and I don't, you know, when you say that, like, you know, I, I'm not, I, I don't overstate that. You know, I, I'm not, confl- yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to make the mistake of saying that something is happening when it really isn't and making a false analogy and to, to over, over bloat something and misrepresent it. Like, I really believe that the, what well, we, you would need to, if you wanted the job in the media. We'll go there later. We'll go there later. Yeah, I was going to say, been there, done that. But nonetheless, it doesn't matter. That is divisive. You know, when I turn on the news or when I hear things that are just like blatantly wrong, you know, like this mass shooting, this guy was obviously a racist. No, well, let's really talk about the fact that he's probably had some mental health issues. 
And the and I, I just know this from the last couple of years, just trying to process some of the hurts, some of the tragedies I've gone through. The mental health in America is shit. Right? And you know, we you know, every time there's like a mass shooting or something that we completely turn a blind eye, like, oh no, it, it, you it, know, it, there's it, warning signs. But my point being is like it's so easy to blame circumstances instead of saying no. Well, what what's happening is is we don't even try to blame circumstance anymore. We try to look at these tragedies or, or these things that happen, and we try to see how we can spin it to help our cause, our individual right. cause. How, how can we spin this to either get ratings or help our cause or get elected or whatever? Mm-hmm. Let's don't actually do a problem solve. I don't know if people actually know how to problem solve, but in order to problem solve, you need to get data, and data sometimes... Are facts and sometimes they're feelings, but you need both. Yeah, but even before, see, even before that, you need to acknowledge there is a problem. Sure. And 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 so, you know, not acknowledging the problem is the problem. You know. Well, for um, that, it specifically. Right. Um, but I, what I'm saying is, like, when uh, when there's a mass shooting, just using that since we've just had a couple. Sure. Um, is saying the shooter's obviously racist, for instance. Sure. We haven't even really tried to grab data on, mm-hmm. when I say we, I mean Culture, folks who are society, the ones, yeah. society is the one who's pointing these fingers, haven't even taken the time to look into the past for this individual, to look mm-hmm. in what led up to this. Sure. Um, just simply, you know, we'll find out 10 years from now when there's a documentary. That's right. when we'll find out. When someone actually takes an interest in time sure, sure. to dig in and find out what was going on with this individual. But we don't. We just, we just say, you know what? This fits this narrative that we're trying to push, so this is what it was. Right. Well, you know, it's, it's it's no wonder to me that even within the last couple of years, like, there's all these new documentaries and movies about Ted Bundy, right? Uh, we're, we're now looking at, you know, the Unabomber, 20-whatever years later. Uh, you know, the you know, the Oklahoma bombing, like all this stuff, like, yeah, hindsight's always twenty twenty. but the, the thing of it is, is that it's so, you know, or even like, you know, once again, the last, last episode we talked about, you know, just being a big proponent of the Second Amendment. The Constitution is not ambiguous. Mm, when it's, when it's, sure? I'm, I'm very sure, especially when it says, you know, um, you know, it talks about like the second amendment that, you know, you know, our rights, our right to own a bear shall not be infringed upon. It, it is, that is rather unambiguous in regards to what that means. Now, now that being said, I, my personal belief is that everybody has a right to own a gun, but not everybody should. You know, it's like everybody can have a kid, but I don't think everybody should. But, but nonetheless, my, the, the bigger point is, is that instead of just spouting out this, you know, baseless rhetoric that really, if, if you break it down, is just, just talking points. They, they carry no merit. I, I, my thing is, it's, it's like the boy that cried wolf, right? At, you know, at one point, do we, if we keep calling everybody a, a racist, a, a sexist, a homophobe, a xenophobe, you know, a phobe, ista, that, or the, what are we really going to do when we start to encounter, uh, genuinely start to encounter these evil, these evil forces, these evil identities? And we have already, you know, we've already exhausted that, you know, we've already diminished, you know, so now to, to call somebody a Hitler or, you know, since we have, you know, a, a large portion of our elected officials oh. are saying that we have concentration camps in American soil, we've already neutered that. Well, desensitizing, right? Sure. I mean, think about it. It's what we've done um, throughout my whole life. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, okay, um, just to date me a little bit, the bad show on television that I wasn't allowed to watch <laughs> was a police show 
and it was called Hill Street Blues. <laughs> okay, and it didn't come on till like after nine or ten o'clock, and my parents would not let us watch that show. Mm-hmm. Um, and let me tell you right now, in that show, there was no swearing. Right. There was definitely no nudity. There was um, no killing, like not killing that you see today. Sure. Anyways, people may have died, right. but they weren't blown apart or things of that nature. Um, there were adult situations. Yeah. Um, that's it. And that was the bad show. You watch television today and completely desensitized mm-hmm. um, as far as killing, talking to people. And, and, the, and the part that even gets me worse is they do not, they do not beep out or mute out the words bitch or damn or ass or any of those, but they do, they do mute out the word God. Yeah. Now you know I have to go back and post and leave out all those words. Yeah. Leap, <laughs> leap this. Leap this. This is my podcast. I am now the executive producer of this of this episode. <laughs> you had a mutiny. Um, no, but no, I think, I'm, I'm serious. We no, just I don't. desensitize, and you're absolutely right. Yeah. Um, it, it's to the point now where it's it's you know I don't know. See, I just I, you know I can't. I can't tell you that I, I know anybody that's outright blatantly evil or blatantly like, I don't like these kind of people because of whatever. I, I, I don't know anybody like that. Now, I will say this. I think there's people that are assholes and they can be any color. They can be any sexual orientation. They can be from any country. They can have any, they can have any kind of religional or I'm sorry, a religious perspective that they want to. You know, being an asshole or or just being a jerk in general is not something exclusive to Americanism. It's a global thing. It's part of the human condition, right? And I think that it's so easy to, once again, to conflate these things. Like, if if you and I won't step up and start this dialogue, you know... I don't know if it'll get started. And I, and I know it, and I, you know, what, what's going, you know, you got the devil on one shoulder, you got the angel on the other shoulder. Uh, you know, the, right now the devil that's, you know, going through the other shoulder is saying, you know, you're a white guy, you know, you, you live in the suburbs and you blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But I, I think if, if that's all you see me, then that in and of itself is a racist comment. That is, and I know this is going to push buttons, but you know, if you, once again, you look at me like this, you don't know the struggle. You don't know my preferences. You don't know where I, I've come from. And I think that is like just akin to what, you know, Dr. King said, you know, uh, where we judge people by the quality of their character, the content of their heart, you know, the quality of their character. And I Mike, judge me for who I am. Right. Right now. Or what I do. Or what I do. Right. Right now. Not based off of a group that you may identify me with. Sure. Or when I say group, if that, that means gender, that means mm-hmm. race, yes. that means political uh, affiliation, that means um, um, religious affiliation. Like, please don't judge me on those things because you don't agree with my beliefs does not make me sure. a bad person. If I do something bad, 
that makes me a bad person. Right. Um, well, it might not make you a bad person. Well, you made a bad decision. But if there's a, a history, uh, if there's a repeated, right. you know, like... Well, at least you can judge me on that. Sure, sure. I, I don't like you because you did this. Okay, that's fair. Sure. Um, are you open to give me another chance? No? Okay, fair enough. You, Have a nice right. life. <laughs> but I don't like you because you just talked to that guy over there. And that guy has done bad things. Therefore, you are obviously a bad person. Hmm. Whoa. I mean... Uh, right. So, I guess... I guess why the, would that be? Right. Well, I guess the question is, and I think I think we can keep reiterating... <laughs> we can go into other issues. We can look things more deeper and we can dissect things. But I think... what? Let, let's just be practical. What are the steps that we can take to fix it? And I, and I don't mean... We can't, we can't look at our elected officials... You know, we can't look at, you know, the CNNs of the world. We can't look at the Foxes of the world. We can't look at these other pundits of the world to fix things because they're not going to. We need to look businesses. Exactly. But we need to look at ourselves. What are what like what are you going to do in order to make things better? In order to say, I'm not going to be defined by this, this or that any longer. You know, I am not going to allow someone who does, you know, practices or believes this or looks like this or is involved in this to bring division any longer. And I, and I, once again, I'm, this isn't some like pie in the sky, you know, you know, it's all, you know, some weird John Lennon imagined kind of kumbaya BS. Right. We're all we're always going to see different. We're always going to have a difference of opinion. But there's a there's a reasonable expectation of a difference of opinion versus the vitriol that we see in the violence that is starting to bubble over into our culture now. Okay, so what are we going to do, Bill? And and what you said was, um, what are we going to do? Right, right. The individual. So one day, an old man was walking down the beach just before dawn. In the distance, he saw a young man picking up stranded starfish and throwing them back into the sea. As the old man approached the young man, he asked, Why do you spend so much energy doing what seems to be a waste of time? The young man explained that the stranded starfish would die if left in the morning sun. The old man exclaimed, But there must be thousands of starfish. How can your efforts make any difference? The young man looked down at the starfish in his hand, and as he threw it to safety in the sea, he said, makes a difference to this one. At times in our lives, we are all the old man, the young man, or the starfish. Sometimes as the old man, we don't see the purpose to actions. Sometimes as young man, we preserve and make a difference. And sometimes we are the starfish who just need a little help. Mm. What can we do, Bill? What can we do? Well, it makes a difference to this one. I love that. Mm. Um, all he could do, all that young man can do, was walk down the beach and get as many starfish back in that sea yeah. before the morning sun killed him as he could. Yeah. Hey, he didn't set a goal of I'm going to save every starfish. He set a goal of I'm going to save this starfish. Right. And I'm not comparing it to starfish. I'm just simply saying so many times I think that we don't take action and we don't focus on ourselves because we don't believe that we can make a difference. Right. But the reality is the difference starts with us. When, when we act a certain way, we're being seen by children, by strangers, by friends, by family. They're seeing how we act. Mm-hmm. 
and we are setting an example. It doesn't matter if you believe that or not. I'm telling you that every day our actions are seen by many. Sure. And that example is set. And some people are going to follow our actions, and some people are going to judge us on those actions. Mm-hmm. So what, what can we do as individuals? Because that's what's most important. Don't worry about changing a bunch of other people. Right. Think about taking the time to, to act and create the actions that need to happen sure. on a daily basis, the right actions to make a difference. Because all you can do is make a difference for all the actions that you do each day. That's what you're responsible for. That's what we're all responsible for. Right. Is for ourselves. And I, you know, as you're saying that, that's a great story, by the way. Um, you know, so we're we're talking about three men in this episode, and as I'm looking at everything that they, all those three men said individually, that there there is a cord that ties them all. You know, when Jesus talks about a house divided won't stand. You know, Lincoln is talking about you know. You know, and I'm just looking at that as a practical thing, right? Like, if we look at our nation as a house, like, we're tore up. There's no way that we, we can stand unless we start to rebuild, unless we start to really look at these things at our, in, in ourselves, not around us, but in ourselves. And I look at, and I think of Lincoln, I think of the example through history that, you know, the, the places we have fallen short, the places that we have marvelously screwed up. And then when I think of, you know, the... I guess to, to put a lid on all that would be, you know, when, when King says, you know, to live in a nation where, you know, a man is judged by the content of their heart, not the color of their skin. You know, I, th- I think, I think we can't look towards others any longer. I think we really need to just look in our heart. Like if we have stuff that we're dealing with, that we're processing, please have the courage. Please, please acknowledge the, you being flawed and that that's okay, but please get the help. Right, like you know, we talked about mental illness. Like you know, get help. And the example with the starfish. Like yeah, sometimes we're the starfish. Sometimes we do need help. Yep. You know, uh, but if we just focus on these things that are just dividing us, all all it's going to do is just it, 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 it's not going to bring healing. It's going to keep festering and infecting and just you know the our. You know, I'm trying to just really think of a really good way to, you know, just kind of cap this off. And I just can't think of anything because I just, I don't know that I've ever been in this point where I look around and I think, wow, do I believe the news? Do I believe that everybody I see hates me because I do this or I believe this? And that that's going both ways, right? Right. Do I, well, do I choose to play it? Do I choose to say, you know, no, I'm, I'm, I'm. I am going to not believe that because I am not going to live my life, you know, by the rules. I'm, you know, I'm not going to let, you know, because of this person example or what this politician says, what this uh, news outlet says, I'm not going to let that define my beliefs. I'm not going to let that define who I am. I'm not going to let that uh, change how I conduct myself. And I think, I think that's where individually we have to start so that we can corporately make you know, start to turn stuff around. Yeah, and let's let's quit taking everything someone says and spinning it to what sure fits our narrative. Let's let's find out with when someone says something or does something what they meant by that. Right. Um, let, let's let's just 
you know, someone does something and all of a sudden someone points out, well, they did that because. Well, good chances. No, they didn't. That's what you're seeing. Right. They're choosing to see. Choosing to see based on no data. So why don't you find out a little bit about it? Why don't you get involved a little bit before you go make, it's not like we're just making these presumptions and keep them inside. We're posting them on social media. Right. We're, we're going and talking to a whole bunch of people and, and throwing some under, someone under the bus who doesn't deserve to be thrown under the bus or creating an issue that's not an issue. Right. Because we like drama, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. But we got it. We got it get over this. We right. got to stop doing this and start as, as you were saying, Bill, as Martin Luther King said, we have to start looking at people for, for what their actions are mm-hmm. and, and what's in their heart. And, and that's what it's about. What's yeah. well, and, and I think not, not addressing yeah, And not addressing control. it's the 500, 500 pound elephant in the room. Right. So if it's just a matter of like, I'm sure, I'm sure someone's going to listen to this and think we're, we're wrong. And that's fine. That's fine. If you do, I don't have any answers. I don't think you, and I don't think you're claiming to have any answers either, but I don't, I don't think unless the conversation is started, unless someone stands up and says, we really need to discuss this elephant in the room. Like how the hell did this 500 pound elephant get in the room? How do we deal with this? Like if we keep ignoring these things that divide us, that don't bring health, that don't bring healing, that don't bring uh, mutual admiration, mutual respect, then it's just, we're going to continue to get, it's just going to continue to increase and it's going to continue to grow. And I, I don't want, I don't want that, but I don't, I can't imagine that moving forward in, in, in this hour in history that we've been given this, that this time that we're stewarding, that is going to foster any kind of a sustainable existence for future generations. It's not. And all we do is we keep throwing fuel in the fire. That's the only. That's the only thing that comes out is the fuel in the fire. No one's trying to diffuse any of the issues. Right. Just trying right. to point out more problems and point out more issues. Exactly. Not, not change anything. Exactly. Um, and there are wrongs. There are wrongs that happen to all of us. Yeah. Literally to everyone. And 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 we get that. But how can we learn from those instead of instead of trying to get ratings and money from it? How can we learn from it to change it to make make it a better world? Right. That's the question. If you guys have any answers. Yeah, send them our way because we'd love to talk about them. Yeah. Um, but we need some. We, we need to figure it out. It's As Bill said, it's a, it's a topic that needs discussed. Right. And, um, you know, we have to be able to move forward and quit, quit dividing. It's, you know, everything's divided. Right. Well, Flawed Inc., Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Gab, Parlor. Uh, you know, obviously you're listening. Spotify, Google Plus, iTunes. Spread the links. Email us at flawed inc with a K C L E at gmail.com. Send those responses. Send those. Right, we're in the arena. So, and I'm going to assume your participation means you are also. <laughs>